Hey, I am so excited because today I am interviewing the I'm Awake Now What podcast owner, Krista Siomara, and she is a very successful podcast channel. She even got Mike Dooley on her podcast channel. So if you are interested in learning how to start a podcast or maybe just wanting to know more information about it, maybe you're also wondering just how to start a business, there are some golden nuggets in this interview. So with that, let's get started. Hey, Manifaster. I'm Jacqueline Johnston, the creator of Manifest It and the author of the best-selling books, Don't Feel Stuck. Do you want to know how to manifest, manifest faster? Join us because we're about to tell you just how we like to do it. Hey, Krista, how are you doing today? I'm so good, Jacqueline. Thank you for having me on your podcast today. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you. Yes, thank you so much. I wanted to ask you onto my podcast show because you are a successful podcaster with the I'm Awake Now What podcast. And I really wanted to get your, you know, pick your brain, get your tips and methods because you know, podcasting is becoming, I mean, it's been around for a couple of years, but I'll be honest, I just started listening to podcasts myself in March. And so, (laughs) and and we're recording this in August. So I won't only listen to podcasts a few months, but I know that it's been around a couple of years and it's continuing to grow. And it's a medium that is continuing to make more and more money for people So I really, really just want to know all of your tips and tricks and methods because the audience who listens to my podcast, they either just started their own business in whatever industry or they're inspired to start their own business and maybe they're just not really quite sure how to do it. And I thought, you're the perfect person for the podcast area And so, yeah, tell me about your show, I'm Awake Now What podcast, and how did you start it? What's your mission? Yeah, and I I just want to mention something before I go into the genesis of my podcast is that um, the growth sector for podcast is averaging about 42% a year, meaning that 42% more people are producing and creating podcasts. And in terms of monetary return, what that actually means, they're predicting about $1 billion in revenue of podcasts by the end of 2021. So there is money to be made. There is this growing zest for podcasting and people are so creative in podcasting. So just want hit to the, hit the listeners with that first to just know that like, if you're thinking about doing it, like now is the time to start because it's only going to get bigger and more competitive. So you might as well get in there now, even if you don't have everything all ironed out. Yeah, yeah. Because that's basically what I did. Um, I just started my podcast right now. I mean, I'm learning everything um, as I go. And yeah. 
Yeah. And I will say though, you know, I, I had started recordings like a few months ago, but I decided, you know what, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to jazz it up, make it fancy. And it doesn't cost much money. It's pretty mm-hmm. cheap. And mm-hmm. even to get like a licensed jingle, you know, I think I paid like $50 for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I, I just decided I'm going to revamp manifest it and I'm going to do like a real podcast show and I really enjoy it. So tell me about yours. Like how long have you had your show? Who's it for? What's your mission? Yeah. So I created I'm Awake Now What as a podcast that focuses on the cross section of spirituality and personal development. And the mission of the podcast is to act as like an audio community for people who are on the path of awakening or walking away from their religion of origin and giving them ideas, stories, and tools that they can take into their own life and use and contemplate and practice. If anyone goes and listens to our interview that you and I did for my podcast, I told you that the inception of the podcast originally was because as I started to delve into my own awakening, I didn't know what was next. So that's why the podcast is called like, I'm awake now what? So you wake up in your own spiritual growth and your own personal development. And there's some additional steps that have to be taken and you need support in those steps. So I'm bringing people on the podcast like you and you know leaders in the spiritual community, leaders in the mindfulness community, leaders in um, on spiritual entrepreneurship and personal development and have them share their stories with my audience. So the audience can then integrate those lessons, those wisdoms into their own um, individual lives. I really love that because there's a lot of taboo surrounding discussing religion. People still want to separate it. And I love that you're approaching it the way you are because the universe is a this and that situation, not so much a this or that. And that's the kind of world we still live in is it's this or that. So I really admire your podcast show. What was the scariest belief you had about running a business and how did you overcome it? I, like you, was very nervous about the technical aspects of podcasting because if you want to do it really nicely and professionally, you do have to use like the right platforms and learn how to edit and make sure that you edit out background noise and things like that. And for me, that was the scariest thing, but I'm a very curious person. And so I approached it in the sense of like, this is a new task that I need to learn and I'm going to just dive all in. And just by happenstance, I was actually talking to my therapist about starting the podcast. And she said to me, there's this gentleman that who will be a great guest for your podcast, but he also is a podcaster himself. And she says, why don't I give you his number? So she gave me his number. His name is Billy Lee Myers Jr. He's been on my podcast a few times, but he actually has been an audio engineer um, for Austin City Limits for 30 years of his life. He was retired from that, but he runs multiple podcasts and he basically like took me under his wing and so in the vein of your manifesting industry and, and everything that goes along with that, I feel like I just said to the universe, like, I need to learn how to do this thing. And the universe brought me this person who has so much experience and literally sat with me in front of a computer and taught me how to edit and produce and mix. And that's how I was able to make it sound good. Because one thing I'll say to your listeners, if they're thinking about starting a podcast, 
there's like three basic things that you have to have in a podcast that create your return listeners. So it has to have a consistent format. It has to have a consistent release date and the audio has to sound really crisp. So people love to hear crisp audio because it's a multi-sensory experience that they're having when they're listening to us. And so if your audio is really crisp, that's good. And so when I learned that, when I was researching how to do a podcast, I was like, I'm committed to putting out at least audio that sounds really crisp and good. Even if my interviewing skills haven't been, you know, strengthened or I don't really know, you know, the other things, that was what I was like, I need to learn this technical piece because this is important and it'll serve me long term. And it has. I feel like the universe was just like, okay, I get that you're scared, but you're taking actionable steps and here's somebody to help you do it. And it was like, boom, and then it was done. (laughs) Wow. And Austin City Limits, shout out to them. I'm from Austin and... I definitely know the Austin city limits and I, I love it. So that's actually a lot of education, even for me to, to listen to you talk about this because right now I am not consistent with producing and mm-hmm. publishing podcast episodes, mainly because I'm writing my third book and I'm redesigning my website and, I'm, and I also work with physicists. So I will admit that is one of my beliefs that I'm kind of like, is this real? Like if I don't be consistent, will this mean that my podcast won't be successful? You know, it's something that I'm toggling with in terms of my own fear of, of a belief. And when you say crisp, can you define what a crisp audio is? Because to me, it sounds like something, like you said, with less background noise, but also when I hear the word crisp, you know, like it makes me think of like a chip or, you know, (laughs) or popping the tab on a soda can or a fizzy water or or beer. Can you define what a crisp audio is to you? So that way maybe the listeners can understand a little bit better what that means. Of course. Yeah, of course. And then also just to respond to your question about being consistent, the thing you just have to decide and any podcaster has to decide is when they're going to release because I'm a very data-focused person. I have a very data-focused job. So I go and look at the data and see what the data says first before try to... I listen to my heart, but I also listen to the data. And in podcasting, the data shows that if you have a consistent release date, it creates this habitual return on your investment for your listeners. And so it doesn't even mean that you have to release every week, Jacqueline. It means that maybe you release every six weeks, maybe you release every four weeks, The point is that you're getting buy-in from the people who are listening, who are expecting the content later, because we're all juggling a lot of things. And so it's okay that you can't release every day or every week or whatever. It just is pick a cadence and, and stick with it is what I would say. Yeah. So to answer your question about the crisp audio is that when you are the interviewer, that you are in a place that is basically squashing any outside sound. And so like for me, I haven't created um, a studio in my house, but I always record in my closet because in my closet, you know, sound travels and it bounces off of objects, right? And so you need your clothing or blankets to absorb the sound so that you sound crisp on one side. And then on the other side is I always encourage people to not record if they can on third-party platforms because it's using internet audio, which sometimes there's delay. 
and sometimes you can't actually engage in full time. I noticed with Zoom, I do have to do some interviews with Zoom. If I try to respond, the audio gets jumbled with my person. So then that means that when you go to edit that podcast, you're going to have to break out both of those tracks, pull out your voice, pull out their voice. And it's really time consuming. So from like an efficient, productive level, it's ideal if you can record phone to phone or on a podcast app on your phone that makes sure that there isn't that interruption in dialogue. And then in person, I do a lot of in-person interviews because I'm just blessed that there's a lot of spiritual leaders that live here in Austin. I have a high-end microphone, a high-end box, that acoustic box that goes into my computer. Plus I use Reaper to record all of my podcasts. And so that gives and allows for really clean audio with no background noise. And the microphones themselves pick up the person's voice so clearly that even if you have background no noise, it's not picking up them. It's so close to their voice because people enjoy hearing podcasts that sound good. And it also gives you the feel of a professional interview like you would see on your television or even on NPR or something like that. That's what people want to hear and they get attached to that sound. There's lots of magical ways now to clean up the background noises and things that need to be edited. So as you know. Yeah. And I record always in my living room because if I go in my closet, my dog will cry and cry and cry. So I, <laughs> I just sit on the couch with my dog and I record here. But I will say buying the blue microphone, and no, I'm not getting paid to say this, I literally bought my own off of Amazon. Actually, as soon as I bought this microphone with the pop filter, I, like my audio sounded so much better in general. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So when I say like it doesn't cost a lot of money to invest into podcasting, like you only really need just a couple of pieces of equipment and you can learn as you go and, and step up your equipment. You know, like this microphone, I think I paid $50 for it, which is, you know, it's not that bad. It's not like you have to buy like super expensive equipment in order to produce. No, and you can even use the Anchor app, which is, is a free app for you to record phone to phone if you want to. Gary Vaynerchuk, I think, is a proponent of like, if you want to do something, do it. Yeah. You know, you can improve and change later. You know, don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. There's lots of ways to not spend a dime doing a podcast and just basically start recording off of an app. You know, so many ways to do it. I love Gary V. Like, <laughs> he, he cracks me up. I love his message. And I love anyone who is like this no nonsense type of person. Like, you know, Mel Robbins, like she doesn't sugarcoat things. I love her. I and, love her too. Yeah, yeah, she's great. My audience, you know, they have a lot of anxiety. They might be perfectionist and, you know, that leads to anxiety. And so for me, like I will say Apple Podcast accepted hosting this channel when I didn't even have my upgraded microphone. I was literally hitting the record button on my phone and it didn't sound as good as it sounds with the blue microphone, but you just have to go for it. Like you said, Gary mm -hmm. uh, B says. Like, what was a mistake that you made in your business that you can now say you've overcome? And how did you overcome it? I would say that the mistake that I made was not planning the aesthetics of it correctly and consistently marketing. Those are not my strong suits and they never have been. And I've never had to really 
address it in my personal life because I work for big pharma and they do all the marketing and I'm just a researcher. So I didn't really understand early on how important it was to have a consistent brand and then also propagate that brand over multi-social media channels and not really understanding the time and investment that it takes. And so it was kind of after I started the podcast early on, and I've had the podcast now for almost four years, and I was trying to figure out why I wasn't getting engagement and capturing the people from social media, driving them to the podcast. I could drive podcast listeners to my social media, but I couldn't do the inverse. And then that's when I realized, oh, I don't really have a consistent brand or look or feel for my podcast. I don't really know how to make my Instagram feel as consistent as the actual episodes. And so I've revamped it multiple times. And that was really hard. And I had to ask for help. You know, I had to like lean on my friends and I had to definitely break down and pay for some branding classes and things like that. And that was something that I wish I had known earlier on because then I was kind of like making up for lost time and integrating my YouTube channel and all of that. It's just, unfortunately, I wish it wasn't this way. I wish it was more simplified in the sense that, you know, There are people who live on each one of the social media platforms like 80% of their time. And if you're really wanting to get everybody, you have to spend a certain amount of time and money and effort into engaging in those different areas. And when you do that, you do get some return on your investment depending on how much you're putting into the, you know, resource wise with time, money, branding, all that. But it's a lot and it's a lot to think about if you've never done anything like it. And there's a lot of competition on social media for people's attention. And so it's like, how do you keep your audience's attention? And one thing I've learned too, and again, I'll I'll go back to the data, is if you think about podcasting as one circle of a Venn diagram and social media as the other, and then that middle place where they meet, that's a really small amount of people because they're, um, the majority of people listening to podcasts are audio learners and audio and visual learners. And so everyone else lives in those other arenas where they're tactile learners or they're interactive learners. And your podcast isn't really interactive so much as to say that you're just passively listening. And so you've got to focus your marketing on that circle in between the Venn diagram where they merge and focus your efforts on that and trying to figure out who those people are can be challenging sometimes. I learn when I experiment and I get my hands on it. Would you say that kinesthetic learners are podcast listeners as well, or is it mainly just audio learners? Well, I think there's a segment of kinesthetic podcasts where people are learning things that they can go back into their life and actually replicate. And so I think it's just like, you know, you just have to figure out who your target market is and focus your efforts on drawing those people in because you can't try to get everybody. I think you'd go crazy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, so it's more that just once you figure out if you want to do a podcast, spend some time developing a marketing plan for what you plan to do. 
I actually pulled myself off of every social media except for Instagram because it was so time consuming and I wasn't getting engagement on Twitter. I wasn't getting engagement um, on Facebook. And so I thought I'm going to make a business decision right now to draw back and focus my efforts on continuing to develop just the Instagram audience and drive them over to the podcast, which has helped me because it's freed up my own internal resources to dedicate to that and also diversify the material that I have with each one of the interviews because you do an interview and what's amazing about it is you can create multiple modalities of promotion of it. So you can do like, you know, little IGTVs, you can do um, a YouTube video version of it with just the sound. You don't even have to do it like right. a video of you or the person. Yeah, I use YouTube and I, I just take my audio podcast and I just put it up in into YouTube. That's what I'm saying. It's just an easy way for you to hit all these things if you want to without having to overcomplicate the process of marketing. That's a really helpful tip because I would say just overall in my business, I've let's see, I'm on my fourth year now. I will say marketing is what takes up the majority of the time. So that's really helpful, especially for people who are just now diving in or are wanting to dive into owning their own business. Yeah, that's super helpful. You said you've had your podcast for four years. What is your proudest moment that your podcast show or you yourself have experienced so far? I mean, definitely producing my first show was a big feat in and of itself. <laughs> um, so that was that would be number one. But as I began to develop an audience and grow engagement and following, it was really exciting to be able to book my first really big, well-known spiritual leader and author. So the first one was Mike Dooley. And then after Mike Dooley came James McRae and Christopher Moore. And what that allowed me to do is it gave me leverage to book bigger guests. And the beautiful thing about podcasting, if you're interviewing other people, is they're going to go and cross-promote. For the most part, they will. Some people don't like to, but they'll go and cross-promote. So then you get additional people listening to your stuff and it costs you nothing. And so it's this really amazing way to attract new listeners and have you know a following that is sustainable which is what you want when you're starting a podcast when i saw that that was like a big highlight for me for your channel i was like wow that's amazing she got mike dooley in terms of sustaining your business who do you surround yourself with for support both in your life and in your business in order to motivate yourself and inspire yourself to keep going yeah, so I think it falls into three categories. Like for me, the bulk of my support comes from my own internal resources, which is built through mindfulness practices, kindness and compassionate relationship building from within and solitude where I can like listen to my own deep knowing of what I need and what my next move is and where I want to grow. Outside of that, I try to surround myself with people who are interested in the things I'm interested in, which is self-development, spirituality, nature, and raising the collective consciousness of our world. And then I would say like the next thing I've noticed I've had to do over the years is I just remove all toxic entities from my life so that I can have a continuous loop of peace and space to grow myself and my ideas and my business. 
because you will find that toxic energy can be really draining. And if you're trying to do something, people usually can become toxic to your own ideas. And so as a business owner and somebody who wants to be a creative or an entrepreneur, it's important that you protect yourself and that you don't let anybody burst your bubble as you're trying to create something new because you believe in you, you have faith in yourself and what you want to create that's the most important thing. And sometimes creating those really beautiful protective boundaries around people who don't necessarily resonate with you or are toxic is important so that you can continue to do what you do unimpeded and with a lot of zest and joy in your life. Do you have any online groups you're in or are there any, because we're obviously in, (laughs) we're still dealing with the virus, which is unfortunate a lot of us are turning to online in order to get support. Is there an online group or an online business or anything that you follow that you recommend? If you're talking specifically about podcasting, there are a great deal of podcasting groups that allow you to bounce questions off of, get technical support, things like that. There's like podcast movement. All of the platforms have their own support communities. So if you're looking for just podcast specific stuff, there's tons out there. I mean, you could just literally Google podcast support and you'll find a million people that would be willing to help you with your podcast. That's great advice. Thank you. In terms of going forward, because you obviously have a successful podcast show now, how do you approach obstacles in your business or even in your life? How do you face them and how do you get through them? Yeah, so I am first and foremost an alchemist. And so I believe that everything in our life is never wasted and can always be used for our own growth and expansion. So when an obstacle comes my way, I address it head first. I don't run away from it. I don't shy away from it. I first start by going within myself. I try to see what opportunity is in this obstacle. What is it trying to teach me? What can I learn? What am I being triggered by in my reaction to the obstacle? And then as soon as I've found the answers to those questions, then I move into an empowered state where I start to brainstorm about creative solutions that I can use to solve this problem for myself. I think a lot of times in our society, it's easier for us to just get overwhelmed by challenges because we've had, especially here in America, of a long time span of prosperity and hardly anything terrible has happened since, you know, at least this pandemic is our most recent one, but we've gotten extremely comfortable with being comfortable. And so sometimes when life gives us challenges or things are hard, it's easy for us to acquiesce to them and just you know, let them run us over or give up. But those obstacles are what build our character and what make us strong. And any suffering in the form of whatever is an outlet for you to be able to become a more kind, strong, compassionate human being and will make you better. So yeah, face those obstacles, whatever they are, just head first. You know, the TED Talks, Mel Robbins has her famous one about you're not fine. Like, why are you, why are you just allowing yourself to be fine? <laughs> yeah. you know? And when I listened to that or watched it, I watched it on YouTube and listened to what she was saying. I was like, yeah, that's true. Like, I'm not fine with being fine. Like that's, I know we always say like, oh, I'm fine. Oh, it's fine. But really and truly for me anyway, when I say it, it's me just saying, okay, I'll, I'll just settle for it. 
And sometimes, you know, fine is fine, you know, if it's something small and you just don't really care. But if it's something that is with regards to your life and the choices you make and even your career and your business and your love relationships, yeah, you don't want to be fine. So I love that you're saying, you know what, face those obstacles head on. And I do believe the same. Whenever I am faced with an obstacle, I'm so analytical. So I examine all the angles of it. And then I try to figure out the best, most logical way to approach it. But at the same time, I listen to what my soul, my intuition is telling me because I don't want to take a logical approach and then be depressed about it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, I'm like you, like, I want to look at it all. I want to figure out, you know, what what is it trying to teach me? And what's the best decision going forward for the long run? Because yeah, a lot of people, they see things that are directly in front of them and they're not thinking about five years down the road. And I completely concur with you about that. So I just want to know what's your best law of attraction advice for the listeners in helping them to manifest everything that they want in their lives and for their careers. One of the things that I like to tell everybody and remind them is that we are so powerful and we have so much agency of what unfolds in our lives. And for centuries, because of the popularity of Abrahamic religions, we've been taught to hand over our power to God and that we're always at the mercy of God. And whatever comes into our life is because this God deigned it so and that we should just be grateful But what's beautiful about the shift that's happening and people understanding the law of attraction is that we're shifting away from that old truth and into a new one that is like way more powerful and way more true. And manifesting for me, it's about co-creating with God, the universe, our own inner divinity. And it means like syncing up our internal Bluetooth to God so that we can like work together as a team and create like the most beautiful version of what we dream about, what we imagine, and what we hear in like the quietness of our heart that is dying to be seen and heard. And so my advice to your listening audience is that first and foremost, start listening to your inner voice that is creative and wild and has all these beautiful ideas and write those ideas down and try to like uncover a theme or a pattern or a project that can come out of them. And then start asking yourself, what do you need to do to make these things come true that will align with your innermost desires and your highest self to help bring this into tangible form, this dream that you have? And then as you're trying to align yourself with your dreams is to trust yourself and trust in the process that you can do whatever you put your mind to and you can't allow any old conditioning to come into your mind. For me, like one of the things that has been really comical about my own personal growth journey is I heard for decades universal truths and I just never believed them. And manifesting is a universal truth. And the principles of manifesting have been articulated by like so many great minds in so many great and beautiful different ways. But distilled down to what manifesting is, is that it's, you know, that we live in a world of wonder that's excited to co-create with you and it's ready to help you and willing to move tangible obstacles out of your way to answer that question that lives in your heart, so long as you're ready to walk in the direction of, you know, action, confidence, clarity, and faith. And I heard this constantly, and I never believed it. And I would say my first leap of faith was leaving my religion of origin to go figure out what I believed in. 
and the universe and God, whatever you call it, it kept meeting me every step of the way. And same thing with my podcast, like I talked about at the beginning of this interview, is that I said I wanted to do this thing. It was in my heart. It was something I was desiring to be in community with other people in this way, in this really specific way. And the universe like moved everything out out of my way. And then it brought everything to me I needed in order to see this dream come true. And so manifesting is not just a lofty idea. It's true principles. It's true, tangible action happening response to what we're deciding within us wants to be made real. And to just remember that when you're, you're wanting to manifest, it's legit. It's no joke. Yeah, yeah. My whole thing is if you want something to manifest more quickly, then write it down. And I totally believe that. And that's why I call it manifest, manifest faster, because I write it down. And when I write it down, I write into reality. It's a really powerful thing to to have as a human being because a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people think that, you know, that there's some kind of trick or secret method that right. you have to do in order for the universe to respond. But really and truly, it's learning how to trust yourself and learning mm-hmm. how to believe in yourself. And then the universe responds because it reflects to you what you put out there. So a hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you came on here to talk with me today. And I'm so proud of your podcast show. I think it's amazing. Thank you so much, Krista, for coming on. Is there a website that or a social media handle that people can go to to follow you? Yeah, you can head over to the podcast website. It's www.ianwpodcast.com. There's like my blog. You can buy podcast swag. There's excerpts from interviews there. And then I'm just on Instagram, like I said. So it's I-A-N-W podcast on Instagram is where you can find me. All right. And again, the show is called I'm Awake Now What? And that's why she has the acronym. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was too long to try to write. I I learned early on. So yeah, yeah, it's an acronym for I'm Awake Now What? Yeah. So that's basically how I found your website originally was I just went to google.com and I typed in I'm awake now what podcast and then I saw you come up in your whole page. And thank you so much again, Krista. I hope that you have a wonderful day. And um, I hope that this helps a lot of the listeners out there. I hope so too. Thank you so much for having me. So are you ready to manifest even faster? Go to your country's Amazon website and type in don't feel stuck. Seriously, your soul will thank you. See you next time, manifestors. Like we do it.